Season's greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Earnest Inquirer. I'm delighted to have you join me in this series, part four, Return to Your First Love. I'd like to start today opening with a prayer. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Son. Praise you, Holy Spirit. Three in one. Heavenly Father God, I just want to give thanks for all that you've done throughout the course of this year. We come before you, Heavenly Father, at the mercy seat, at the throne of grace, to lift up your name, to glorify you and magnify you. As we come to a meditation on your word, we call your people to return to their first love. Father, you have done amazing things for us this year. In the midst of so much sorrow, so much loss, so much grief, so much pain. Your joy has given us exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we can imagine because in your presence there is fullness of joy. So Father we give thanks for bestowing upon us this gift of an inheritance of all spiritual blessings in heavenly places and we ask Father that you would pour out your spirit upon us without measure, your spirit of counsel, might, understanding, fear, knowledge, wisdom. We give thanks, Heavenly Lord, Father God, that through the power and the unction of your Holy Spirit, you enlighten the eyes of our understanding, so that in all our getting, we get understanding, not to lean upon our own understanding, but in all our ways to acknowledge you, knowing that you will direct our path. You are the word of life. Your words, they are spirit and they are life. And we ask you, Father, to order our steps. We pray that your beauty would be upon us and that you would establish the work of our hands. We thank you, Father, that you are faithful. And we pray, Heavenly Lord, Father God, that as we meditate upon your word, as we share this message, we pray, Heavenly Lord, Father God, that you would rebuke the slave girl, the slave boy, who would want to make merchandise out of out of the souls of your people, out of their faith for their master, Mammon. And Father, we ask for the ancient paths and we pray, Lord, that you would give us the rest that we so, we so 
thirst for, we so hunger for, we so yearn for. We pray that you would give us that rest for our soul. Father, you are the only hope we have. And we pray that so many who have been ensnared under yokes of of bondage, we pray, Heavenly Lord, Father God, that you would break those yokes and you would set the captives free. In the mighty and powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Okay. So I'm I'm glad to have you join me again. And um, sort of I've had quite a bit of time since the last episode to um, um, think uh, uh, some more on this um, theme that we've been exploring, return to your first love. And um, the more I sort of um, delve into the message, the more expansive the message is. So um, I guess this series could become sort of um, uh, infinite in terms of um, uh, um, the concept of, of, of marriage that we've um, been looking at in the context of scripture. So I wanted to um, start by reiterating um, my position again. Um, I'm so I'm so thankful first of, first of all to um, to note a wonderful contribution um, which I truly believe to be an act of divine providence, and given that we are all partakers in his divine nature, um, partakers in the fellowship of his suffering. We give thanks for for both both instances um, uh, for the sort of um, the the honor and the privilege to be partakers in in Christ's divine nature. And I just wanted to um, uh, um, give thanks to Pastor Keith Malcolmson, who um, delivered a a marvellous, special, one-off message um, uh, sort of titled A Search for the Perfect Relationship. Now, Pastor Keith Malcolmson is um, based at Limerick um, City Church in Ireland, and it was so uplifting and encouraging to have confirmation um, of this message that I've been sharing, Return to Your First Love, in his fleshing out of um, uh, the biblical concept of, of, of marriage. It was a very powerful sermon and a very timely sermon. And I'm thankful for his life and thankful for the message. So, um, any of you uh, who are interested in sort of um, listening to that sermon, I'm sure you can look it up on social media, on on Facebook, and um, it's Pastor Keith Malcolmson. Okay, 
Okay. So, um, uh, yes, I was, I, I was saying about kind of um, reiterating my, my position in the sharing of this message. And, you know, it's quite simple. Um, you know, I come to you sort of as a Christ, Christian. I, I, I know sort of um, in um, the present uh, cultural moment, the, the spirit of the age um, sort of implores that we um, introduce our way by way of our identities as a black woman, you know, sort of as a person with, you know, sort of whatever appellation you want to sort of, um, you know, kind of um, throw up is the order of the day. But uh, quite simply, I come to you as a, a Christian, as I mentioned before, I hope with beautiful feet. Um, with a desire to proclaim the word of God. Okay, so I hope this is not a vainglorious exercise, um, one of performativity um, in um, terms of the novelty of um, me as a woman having the audacity to share such a me message, being a single woman who is not married, I'm very um, troubled by the way in which, um, you know, the um, the sacred space of the pulpit has become this, um, you know, this, 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 um, this terrain of struggle, of a struggle for power. Um, and it's interesting, paradoxical even, in terms of the um, uh, initial um, uh, sort of um, point of reference in Genesis, where we, we looked at um, the beginning of that struggle, you know, sort of um, as a result of Adam and Eve breaking communion with God. And I'm really not here. <laughs> you know, to, um, you know, sort of um, big myself up as, um, you know, a woman uh, preaching the gospel. I, I, I'm, I'm really not here, here for that. Um, you know, and I echo uh, Solomon, King Solomon, you know, it's vanity, vanity of vanities. It's all vanity. And, um, you know, sort of I'm simply here to um, share a message which um you know is an attempt if you like to um locate um marriage in its biblical context um within the um uh current context of the spirit of this age you know marriage um not only in a worldly sense but also in the um uh, context of the church within Christendom has become sort of um, an idol, you know, and um, this this incessant um, uh, sort of um, uh, promulgation of, of marriage as a salve to this this need of um, you know sort of um, loneliness and. Um, you know, I wanted to move away from that and I wanted to just 
delineate um, that, you know, that is not what this message is about. Okay, and um, I think um, more importantly, when we um, when we share God's word, it's, you know, sort of our key purpose should be for those listening to receive that word, to hear that word, to to pray um, uh, diligently that the Lord would open up ears, eyes and break up the fallow grounds of our hearts. So the message can be received, okay, and be a blessing to those who hear it. So um, by way of opening, um, we've had a prayer and I just want to um, share sort of um, a a quote by Seren Kierkegaard, who is um, a a favourite sort of um, thinker theologian and and Christian philosopher and um, Kierkegaard writes what is a poet an unhappy man who hides deep anguish in his heart but whose lips are so formed that when the sigh and cry pass through them it sounds like a lovely music, like lovely music, and people flock around the poet and say, "Sing again soon." That is, may new sufferings torment your soul, but your lips be fashioned as before. The cry would only frighten us, but the music that is blissful. Interesting that. Um, It reminds me of um, a passage of scripture in Ezekiel chapter 33, which um, looks at um, uh, the role of um, Ezekiel as a a prophet before God's people, sharing the word of God and um, their inability to to receive, to hear the word of God, because they're so focused on the outward um, things of God in terms of performativity. And just to share a passage from from that scripture, um, in Ezekiel 33, if you give me a moment just to locate it. Okay. So... Okay, so Ezekiel 33, verse 30 to 32. Also, thou son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of the houses, and speak one to another, every one to his brother, saying, Come, I pray you, and hear what is the word that cometh from the Lord. And they come unto thee as a people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words. 
but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear thy words, but they do them not. And when this cometh to pass, lo, it will come. Then shall they know that a prophet has been among them. Amen. So I say all of that to note, no matter how much we choose to reconfigure, rebrand, represent, reimagine Jesus in our own image, he is fully God, fully man, King of kings, Lord of lords, conquering lion of the tribe of Judah. And so Jesus is not um, the secular humanist um, sort of uh, representation of a revolutionary or a social justice warrior, guru, anti-racist or feminist for that matter. He is the son of God. And so it's with this reverence that um, we engage in his word, in sharing this message about um, marriage in its biblical frame of reference. And as we've noted, there's sort of uh, been quite a bit of controversy within public discourse on this notion of marriage. And we see in the culture that um, marriage is being redefined to suit the whims of fickle men and women who have wrested the concept of marriage from its biblical um, sort of uh, trajectory in order to accommodate, accommodate modern day sort of notions of, of what a marriage should be. And so what I'm hoping to convey in sharing this message is that Jesus is our only hope and we need to get out from under the yoke of these wicked tropes of the workers of iniquity. Why remove yokes of wood from your neck only to replace them with yokes of iron? The sons of Judah, daughters of Judah, return to Yahweh and Yahweh will return to you. Return to your first love. 
Now, so much is propagated within the culture about inclusivity and um, and um, equality and oppression and sort of um, particularly as it relates to blackness and black people we've seen um, uh, a discourse promoted around um, black identity which has become synonymous with oppression and um, and inequality and you know, there's no denying that that is the rea- reality for um, so many of us as 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 black people. But um, the idea that black people um, uh, kind of um, are begging to be included in the curriculum, sorry, within the kingdom of God is really a a non sequitur in the sense that, you know, sort of before the foundations of the earth, before I was in my mother's womb, I was included in the kingdom of God. I never chose God. God chose me. And my blackness doesn't make me righteous. And I would say the same for any other so-called ethnic minority group. So this idea within um, progressive theology that um, equates being part of an ethnic minority identity is, is synonymous with victimhood and oppression and therefore um, within a, a Christian frame of re- reference, righteousness, because one is automatically the victim of oppression, is it's illogical and it's just quite ridiculous and insulting, to say the least. And I just want to start with um, uh, just kind of um, digging a bit deeper into um, this notion of marriage in, in, in scripture. And I start with a reading from um, Song of Solomon, and it's um, chapter two. No, it's chapter one, verses five to eight. Okay. I am black, but comely, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, as the tents of Kedar, as the curtains of Solomon. Look not upon me because I am black, because the sun has looked upon me. My mother's children were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards, but mine own vineyard have I not kept. Tell me. O thou who my soul loveth, where thou feedest, where thou makest thy flock to rest at noon. For why should I be as one that turneth aside by the flocks of thy companions? If thou know not, O thou fairest among women, 
Go thy way, forth by the footsteps of the flock, and feed thy kids beside the shepherd's tents. Okay, the second reading is from Solomon 2, verses 14 to 16. O oh, my dove that art in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the stairs, let me see thy countenance, let me hear thy voice, for sweet is thy voice, and thy countenance is comely. Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. My beloved is mine, and I am his, he feedeth among the lilies. Okay. So that's from um, Song of um, Solomon, um, chapters one and two. And it's a beautiful and um, short book in the Old Testament. And the author is um, King Solomon. And um, it's a very poetic uh, um, uh, uh, contribution to the um, uh, Old Testament. And it's a wonderful metaphor. I think it's um, quite sort of, um, it's obvious that it's a, a metaphor for um, marriage. And paradoxically, um, you know, sort of it speaks of a marriage between, um, it speaks of the, you know, sort of the beloved and, um, you know, sort of um, his spouse. And I think you all may be aware that um, along with some of the other major um, uh, uh men of God in the Old Testament that we've um, pointed up, such as David, Moses, Abraham, um, and, and so on. Um, like them, Solomon, Solomon um, had, um, or Solomon surpassed them in his polygamy. He had, you know, sort of literally hundreds of wives and, you know, sort of um, many, um, many concubines and so you know sort of he would be the last um uh uh person you would expect to be singing the praises of of, of marriage um but uh it's a wonderful uh uh metaphor that mirrors the um passages of scripture that we've shared so far looking at this 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 ideal of marriage um that goes back to eden in um uh in 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 the book of genesis and it's a very beautiful picture of the bride and the bridegroom and um my um the my my, my favorite sort of um passage from song of solomon 
um, which also captures um, some of the uh, portraits we've seen of marriage in the book of Revelation is um, outlined in chapter eight. Let's go to chapter eight. Um, let's see if I've got this right. So it's Ecclesiastes and then Song of Solomon. Okay, so chapter eight. Okay, so let's read it. Okay. Okay, so let's start from verse one. Okay, and this is the um, the faithful Shulamite woman returning home with the shepherd. Okay, so this is the representation of the bride and the bridegroom. And chapter eight, we're reading from verse one onward. That thou wert as my brother that sucked the breasts of my mother. When I should find thee without, I would kiss thee. Yea, I should not be despised. I would lead thee and bring thee into my mother's house, who would instruct me. I could cause thee to drink of spiced wine of the juice of my pomegranate. His left hand should be under my head and his right hand should embrace me. I charge you, O daughter of Jerusalem, that ye stir not up nor awake my love until he please. Who is this that cometh up from the wilderness, leaning upon her beloved? I raise thee up under the apple tree. There thy mother brought thee forth, there she brought thee forth that bare thee. Set me as a seal upon thine heart, as a seal upon thine arm. For love is strong as death, jealousy is cruel as the grave. The coals thereof are coals of fire, which hath a most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can the floods drown it. If a man would give all the substance of his house for love, it would utterly be condemned. We have a little sister, and she has no breast. What shall we do for our sister in the day when she shall be spoken for? If she be a wall, we will build upon her a palace of silver, and if she be a door, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. I am a wall, and my breasts like towers. Then was I in his eyes as one that found favour. Solomon had a vineyard at Baal Hamon. He let out the vineyard unto keepers every one for the fruit thereof was to bring a thousand pieces of silver. My vineyard, which is mine, is before me. Thou, O Solomon, must have a thousand and those that keep the fruit thereof two hundred. Thou that dwellest in the gardens, 
the companions hearken to thy voice. Cause me to hear it. Make haste, my beloved, and be thou like to a roe or to a young heart upon the mountains of spices. Okay, okay. Okay, so um, very beautiful and um, uh, uh, climatic uh, picture to the story of the bride and the bridegroom as told through um, the uh, narrative of the Shulamite woman and um, the shepherd. Okay. And it's a really beautiful uh, portrait of um, love and waiting um, to um, be in that um, uh, place of courtship leading up to marriage. And, um, uh, and clearly, again, you know, sort of, um, it's... Um, you know, marriage between one man and and one woman, which was the ideal that God pointed towards in the Garden of Eden. Clearly, Solomon um, uh, had not um, lived out that ideal in his own life, and was repentant of repentant of that. And we see um, that reflected in. Um, the um, uh, um, book of Ecclesiastes. Okay, so um, yes, so that um, motif of the bride and the bridegroom, as I indicated previously, is a reoccurring theme throughout um, uh, different uh, um, uh, chapters in in the Bible. You know, sort of the, the prophet um, Jeremiah um, uses invokes this motif of the bride and the bridegroom um, uh, to. Uh, illustrate God's relationship uh, with his people, his covenantal, his covenantal relationship with his people. Okay, and so um, that um, sort of um, encapsulate, an encapsulation, uh, another sort of um, very pointed encapsulation of that motif comes from John the Baptist in in John chapter 3 verses 29 to 34 okay um and he highlights the significance that um um the song of solomon ends with on um hearing the voice of the bridegroom and in John 3, from verse 29 onwards, we read, He that has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which stands and hears him, 
rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This, my joy therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. He that has received his testimony has set his seal that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. Okay, okay, so... um. We see there in verse 33, he hath received his testimony, hath set to his seal that God is true. Okay, now um, in Song of Solomon 8, we read um, in verse 6, chapter 8, set me as a seal upon thine heart as a seal upon thine arm okay uh, that's um a really kind of um uh uh, uh, uh poignant and powerful um uh representation of the relationship the covenantal relationship between god and his people and I had mentioned also um, in Isaiah 8, uh, I think it's 8, verse, let's have a look. Where he says, um, let's just see if I can find it. Okay, he says in verse 20, to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Okay, okay, so um, the word washes us clean. It is the word that sanctifies us as God's people. Okay. So to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. OK, so this um, idea of marriage as it's sort of um, currently uh, promoted in the world as freedom um, to do as one would like, um, you know, do what that will shall be the whole of the law, it would seem, is not um, um, the picture presented 
of marriage in the Bible. You know, it's not some kind of um, postmodernist, uh, Foucauldian or Deridian um, notion of um, difference and diversity in relation to, you know, sort of a, a proliferation of um, different marital arrangements um, according to one's own um, definition or reconfiguration. That's to make a complete and utter nonsense um, of the word of God. And it is outright rebellion. OK, and so, um, you know, so we really need to um, uh, look into scripture to to delve deeply into the scripture, to share with the people of God uh, the significance of this covenantal relationship um, between God and his people, Israel which is now um, not just um, the children of Israel in the Old Testament, but God and his people, Israel, the Jews and the Gentiles, the church, the church, um, what we know as the church today become one people, Israel. Okay, because we've been grafted in to the olive tree, and so we become one in Jesus Christ. We're reconciled to God um, as one people um, in covenantal relationship with, with Jesus Christ. And so this idea of inclusivity as um, the world um, sort of understands it, the, 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 the um, worldview of inclusivity, um, the, um, the understanding that um, undergirds that is very unscriptural in the sense that it has a completely different telos to that of um, the telos coming from a biblical worldview. And so when progressive Christianity talks about inclusivity um, in relation to the outcast and the oppressed, there is this assumption of righteousness, okay, that um, is wrested again from the biblical context because it is based on a works-based righteousness that assumes that one is righteous because of one's blackness because of one's sexuality because of one's gender and we are included in God's kingdom because we are made righteous in Jesus Christ all our own righteousness is as filthy rags okay and that robe of righteousness is given to us by grace and as a sinner saved by grace, when we are when we are um, brought into the kingdom of, of, of God, we exchange um, 
you know, sort of the ashes of sin for the beauty of Jesus Christ. Yes, we are given the oil of gladness in exchange for mourning. We are given a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. Okay, so we become a new creation. We're not included because of our identities as outcasts. We're included because we agree to keep covenant with um with with God. Yeah, and we become sort of um um ensconced with God in that covenant uh relationship. And um we can read um, some more about that in Hosea 2. But before I go to Hosea 2, um, I want to um, uh, read from Psalm 45, which is another beautiful portrait of um, marriage. It's a, um, it's a wedding song. Um, so let's go to Psalm 45. Bear with me. Okay. Okay. It's also um, uh, called a song of the loves. And it's to the chief musician upon Shoshanim for the sons of Korah. Masculine, a song of love. My heart is inditing a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Thou art fairer than the children of men. Grace is poured into thy lips. Therefore, God has blessed thee for ever. Gird thy sword upon thy thigh, O most mighty, with thy glory and thy majesty. And in thy majesty ride prosperously because of truth and meekness and righteousness. And thy right hand shall teach thee terrible things. Thine arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies, whereby the people fall under thee. Thy throne, O God, is for ever and ever. The sceptre of thy kingdom is a right sceptre. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore, God, Thy God have anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. All thy garments smell of myrrh and aloes and cassia out of the ivory palaces whereby they have made thee glad. King's daughters were among thy honourable women. 
Upon thy right hand did stand the queen in gold of Ophir. Hearken, O daughter, and consider and incline thine ear. Forget all thine own people and thy father's house. So shall the king greatly desire thy beauty, for he is thy lord, and worship thou him. And the daughter of Tyr shall be there with a gift. Even the rich among the people shall entreat thy favour. The king's daughters is all glorious within. Her clothing is of wrought gold. She shall be brought unto the king in raiment of needlework. The virgins, her companions that follow her, shall be brought into thee, unto thee. With gladness and rejoicing shall they be brought. They shall enter into the king's palace. Instead of thy fathers shall be thy children, whom thou mayest make princes in all the earth. I will make thy name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore, shall the people praise thee for ever and ever. Amen. That is just so beautiful. That is poetry. And again, it's um, a reflection of that, um, you know, that coming into covenantal relationship with, with, with Christ. Okay, um, you know, sort of, it's a one-on-one -on -one relationship, you know, that he's, he establishes with each one of us that through his grace um, come into that um, covenantal relationship with him. And if we go back to um, uh, Song of Solomon, chapter 2, um we read again um the joy of coming into that relationship that covenantal relationship so in chapter 2 verses 4 to 7 i believe um chapter 2 verses 4 to 7 yes Okay, let's read from verse 1, chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 7. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. As the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. As the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight. And his fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought me into the banqueting house. And his banner over me was love. Stay me with flagons. Comfort me with apples. For I am sick of love. His left hand is under my head. And his right hand doth embrace me. 
I charge you, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, by the rows and by the hinds of the field, that ye stir not up nor awake my love till he please. Okay. Okay, so um now I want to um I want to uh kind of um head over to um Hosea chapter four, which I had um also previously mentioned that um for those of you who are interested in you know sort of um looking at the trajectory of 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 marriage the concept of marriage the bride um uh god um as um ishi um um uh uh the husband of of god's people that hosea is a very beautiful and poignant um portrait of 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 that relationship which um you know, so it's really worth um, spending um, some time in 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 that 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 book, you know, and you see sort of um, uh, the breakdown of that covenantal relationship between uh, Yahweh and His people, who um, has turned aside from God, um, they've gone after after the Baals after um after false gods they have fallen deeply into idolatry and um throughout the 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 book of hosea and um uh some of the other um uh prophets make reference to this harlotry of 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 israel and and judah um which is really quite tragic but it's not um, exclusive to the experience of the children of Israel. It's um, it's very much um, a reality of um, uh, those people who would um, <laughs> describe themselves or profess to be um, Christians. Okay, so the book of Hosea is about an unfaithful wife. Okay, and um, you know, sort of again, you know, the um, the the scripture of the um, uh, of parables of the wedding supper in the uh, gospels arrested from the biblical narrative by um, within. Um, you know, certain sort of um, iterations of progressive Christianity referring to uh, a universalist um, notion of, um, you know, sort of misfits and outcasts, which you can imagine, you know, sort of um, includes any and anybody, you know, sort of um, being invited to the wedding supper. But it's very clear in the, the, the book of Revelation that there are going to be two suppers, one for the birds and one for the bride. So let's be clear about that. OK, 
those outcasts who were called to the wedding supper, they were called because the ones who had been invited were too sort of um, uh, busily preoccupied in, you know, sort of um, the things of, of, of this world. And as um, Luke 17 verses 26 to 30 points out, let's go to that um, chapter. Um, Jesus is talking to his disciples about sort of um, the end of things, okay, the, the last days. And um, uh, from verse 26 onwards, okay. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Okay. So this idea that um, Jesus is, um, you know, sort of like um, endorsing this anything um, goes uh, reconfiguration of marriage um, is indeed a lie straight from the pit of hell. What is, um, you know, sort of certain is that this stance that we're seeing, um, you know, promoted um, within the culture is, you know, sort of very much um, one, a very hedonistic, um, you know, let's eat and drink and be merry um, because tomorrow we die is the um, position that is being taken and as we've just seen there in 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 that in that scripture right up until the day of people entering into the ark okay um people were preoccupied um with getting married okay and so we um see today we've um um we've we've talked about this you know sort of um uh the idolatry of 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 how the world views marriage you know so this thingification this commodification of 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 marriage um is you know sort of um very much what's promoted in in our culture and um has permeated uh uh, the church 
Okay, so um, we need to come back to a biblical definition of um, marriage. Okay, and uh, just to hop back to the book of Hosea, which is where I would um, like to end um, this episode. If we go to chapter two, let's read chapter two. Okay. And. um, Okay. Uh, Okay, so um, we're reading about um, Goma, okay, who God has basically um, said to um, Hosea, go and take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms, for the land has committed great whoredom departing from the Lord. And so he did what the Lord instructed him to do. Okay, and um, she um, persisted in her harlotry. Okay, and um, this is basically a metaphor. Um, this 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 portrait of Hosea and Gomer is um, a, a representation of or a metaphor for Israel's adultery, okay? And um, uh, uh, it starts with an address to Gomer's, um, um, it it, it starts with an address um, to the people of God. Say ye unto your brethren, Ami, and to your sisters, Ruhamah, plead with your mother, plead, for she is not my wife, neither am I her husband. Let her therefore put away her whoredoms out of her sight and her adulteries from between her breasts, lest I strip her naked and set her as in the day that she was born, and make her as a wilderness, and set her like a dry land, and slay her with thirst. And I will not have mercy upon her children, for they be the children of whoredoms, for their mother hath played the harlot. She that conceived them has done shamefully, For she said, I will go after my lovers that gave me my bread and my water, my wool and my flax, my oil and my drink. Therefore, behold, I will hedge up thy way with thorns and make a wall that she shall not find her path. And she shall follow after her lovers but she shall not overtake them and she shall seek them, but shall not find them. Then shall she say, I will go and return to my first husband, for then was it better with me 
than now. For she did not know that I gave her corn and wine and oil and multiplied her silver and gold, which they prepared for Baal. Therefore will I return and take away my corn in the time thereof and my wine in the season thereof and will recover my wool and my flax given to cover her nakedness. And now will I discover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers and none shall deliver her out of mine hand. I will also cause all her mirth to cease, her feast days, her new moons and her sabbaths and all her solemn feasts. And I will destroy her vines and her fig trees, whereof she has said, These are my rewards that my lovers have given me. And I will make them a a forest and the beasts of the field shall eat them. And I will visit upon her the days of Baleen, wherein she burned incense to them, and she decked herself with her earrings and her jewels, and she went after her lovers and forgot me, saith the Lord. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her. And I will give her vineyards from thence and the valley of Achor for a door of hope. And she shall sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be at that day, saith the Lord, that thou shalt call me Ishi and shalt call me no more Bailey. For I will take away the names of Baleem out of her mouth, and they shall no more be remembered by their name. And in that day will I make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field and with the fowls of heaven and with the creeping things of the ground. And I will break the bow and the sword and the battle out of the earth and will make them to lie down safely. And I will betroth thee unto me forever. Yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercies. I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness and thou shalt know the Lord. Amen. Okay, so finally, okay, to um, bring this um, series to a close, I want to go to the book of Revelation and um, we'll end as we... um, started and I, I I should say that I I, I want to uh, I stand corrected because when I um started um uh to sort of um expound on this um theme return 
to your first love. I had no idea that it would become um, a series of um, episodes um, kind of uh, uh, engaging with this theme on, I, I, I hope it's been a, a, a deeper level and, um, you know, so sort of, um, much remains to be fleshed out on um on 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 the the the, the whole um topic of of marriage um within a biblical um context that is the biblical um narrative but um i i had no idea that um you know sort of um i would explore it to this extent and so I started off in the very first episode um, by introducing um, the uh, uh, topic as uh, another random episode. And I stand corrected because that is not the case. This was um, uh, God's providence. It was a divine appointment. Um, and. Um, it's within that frame of reference that this message has been shared and it is my um my deepest hope that um it will have touched the hearts minds and um souls of all those who have um, taken the time to listen to it I thank you I thank you and I thank you so um, to end on the note that I began let's just see um, if I can find the scripture that I'm looking for I know that it's in chapter two um, blah, blah, blah. let me just see where it is um, okay yes let's read okay from chapter two verse one it's the one of the seven letters of the churches and I it's the I believe it's the um it's the uh, first letter to the church in Ephesus, okay? Um, and in it we read, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labour, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and has patience, and for my name's sake hast laboured and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love, Remember, therefore, 
from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works or else i will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent but this thou hast that thou hatest the deeds of the nicolaitans which i also hate he that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches to him that overcometh will i give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of god amen <laughs>